I see the future that's within our grasp. From the Political Science Department at UW-Madison. Democracy is not a prophecy, it's self-actuating. I'm Claire Salmi. I'm Cole Wozniak. And I'm Fiona Hatch. This is more work than in my previous life. I thought it would be easier. This is 1050 Bascom. This week on 1050 Bascom, we are pleased to welcome Bernadette Dore of GOP Badgers and Maggie Kuehler of College Democrats of Wisconsin. In this episode, we will discuss their organization's involvement in the upcoming midterm elections, how students are getting involved in the political process, as well as the candidates running for office here in the state of Wisconsin. Thank you so much for joining us, both of you, on 1050 Bascom today. Happy to be here. (laughs) Do you want to maybe start us off with a little introduction about yourselves? Um, It could be anything just about what year you are in school, um, kind of what interests you have, what you're majoring in, and what your position is. Uh, Hi, so my name's Bernadette. I'm the Deputy Communications Director of GOP Badgers. I'm a junior and I'm studying political science and history. And um, I do all of the graphics for our social media pages as well as keep up the website and everything. So it's kind of a little bit of what I do. So my name is Margaret Coyler. I am the chair of College Democrats of Wisconsin, as well as on the board here at UW-Madison. I am a senior studying political science and public policy um, and have been involved in College Democrats since I got on campus. Thanks for that. I think we're going to jump into some questions first about the election cycle in general. Yeah, so let's start off. We're in the middle, obviously, of the midterm election cycle. November 8th is rapidly approaching. Uh, Could you share with us, each of you, a bit from your perspective about how students on campus and politically active students on campus are interacting with this election, with your experience leading some of this charge? Uh, What issues are students passionate about in this election? And... What are the reasons students are choosing to vote for their particular candidates? Yeah, so I think the biggest issue right now um, that's facing especially college students is economic issues, um, especially with the rise of inflation. I know a lot of us uh, recently signed leases for apartments and a huge issue that we are facing was the rising cost of housing. Um, I know for me, like my rent went up even though I renewed my lease and a ton of other apartments I was looking at with my roommates like we're just so out of our budget. Um, So I think that's a huge issue that a lot of students have been facing. And um, it's not just housing, it's also with groceries, gas, um, everything's kind of been rising, the price of everything has been rising. So I think that's probably the biggest issue that college students are facing. Awesome, thank you for sharing that. Um, Margaret, we can go to you now. What is, from your more maybe progressive circle, what are the main issues that students are concerned about? So I have seen that the main issue this election is abortion. Um, This is the first time that this will be on the ballot and we have candidates who are actively against this. 70% of Wisconsinites support access to abortion and this is something that people are really fired up about. I think the government has never been in people's lives in this way and impacted them. And this is more than anything, people are excited to vote, but we've also seen such an you know, in an influx of people who are ready to, 
you know, talk to other people, make sure their friends, their roommates, the person they sit next to in class are ready to vote. And I think this has been the biggest issue as well as like, you know, Democrats have been doing a lot of really great things while in office. The Inflation Reduction Act has been the most significant investment in climate change mitigation and forgiveness of student loan debt. So I think that we're going to see a really big influx of student votes because of the great things that the Democratic Party has been doing while in power. And then, you know, the fact that their rights are actively on the ballot. So with this being such a politically charged time and everything and those issues mattering a lot to the, the students you guys are talking to, how have your organizations been doing in terms of engagement and getting people back in the mix of things and voter drives and things like that, especially since the last four years of this college experience has been really messed up due to COVID? Yeah, so we've been pushing a lot of door knocking. We actually have a girl on our board who works with the Ron Johnson campaign and she's been pushing um, door knocking, going out, getting, spreading the, the word to go vote for him. Um, some of our GMs have also been doing that. So we've been kind of pushing for them to do that. And then we also just recently had Tim Michaels and Eric Tony, um, who was candidate for governor and candidate for attorney general, general respectively. Um, both of them came to give a talk and we had a huge turnout for that. Um, so a lot of people, a lot of our GMs came out for that. And I think that's doing things event doing events like that um really getting them to come out and talk about the issues that people are facing and talk about their stances on it i think that was a huge way to kind of get out the vote what about from your perspective yeah so we've by far seen our biggest membership at least since i've been on campus because of covid and everything um we have you know candidates and elected officials at every single one of our meetings kicking us off um, and we've just seen really great turnout from new members and returning members, even from before COVID. You know, we had Elizabeth Warren, Tony Evers, Attorney General Josh Call, Senator Tammy Baldwin, Representative Mark Bocan, and our Assembly member Francesca Hong, um, all on campus for a really exciting get out the vote, early vote rally um, just this past week. And we had over 500 people attend and we had to sadly even turn some people away. Um, so we've had really good turnout at, you know, some of our bigger events. Um, but that's also really translated into our volunteering. Um, so we're knocking doors every single weekend since we've gotten on campus with shifts at 10, noon, 3 and 6 on Saturday and Sunday. So we'll do that um, as a group. And then, you know, we're out high traffic canvassing and talking to students as they're walking to and from class, you know, making sure they have a plan to vote. And that's really been a big push we've been doing, especially with early vote. Like you can vote at both the unions right now. And we've just had a really great reception on campus. Awesome. It's really good to hear about the different things that are going on, I think, for both organizations, because I think that if you're not involved, it's hard to to know about all of these different events. So I'm, I'm just curious, like from both of your perspectives, what is kind of the overarching emotion of students in those groups going into this midterm cycle? Is there like a feeling of optimism versus pessimism? Like what have people been saying? Um, I think for us, we try and keep it a little bit more optimistic. Um, a lot of us are thinking a red wave will come in and we do now hold, um, just for statewide elections, we do hold the, uh, the state senate and the state assembly and we're definitely just gonna try and keep um keep having that be read 
Um, but I do think that a lot of Wisconsin voters, um, just around Wisconsin, not specifically in Madison, are very like fed up with a lot of Democratic-backed policies and things like that, that we are really charged on voting for Michaels, voting for Ron Johnson, and like kind of changing certain policies that have contributed to problems that people are facing right now, including inflation, but also like crime and um, other issues. So I think there is a lot of optimism and we're definitely excited to see a red wave coming in. What about in the more progressive centers of campus? Yeah, I think most of all people are frustrated and frustrated in the way that, you know, Roe v. Wade has been overturned and that's had a real impact on people's lives. I think people are frustrated with the fact that there hasn't been action on, you know, climate change and we have candidates who are running to change these things. So I think what we've been able to you know, see happening is people turning their frustration into action and you know, showing up at the polls. And traditionally there is a red wave this year, but um, I think that, that people are frustrated with the way that things are currently going. Um, and with you know, the candidates that are running have been really you know, negative and not receptive to Wisconsin voters. Yeah, I hear you both mentioning um, kind of just voter engagement in general as a big priority for both of the organizations. So even though Madison is considered a politically active campus, we know that younger voters are often a hard group of people to motivate to vote. We just had Barry Burden in here talking about how there are a bunch of statistics on voter engagement for the youngest group of eligible voters is pretty low comparatively. So what have your organizations each been doing to kind of work on getting the vote out? Yeah, so I think for us, we t- we do tell people, like, get out the vote, and we also like to tell people, hey, you know, in Madison, or in Wisconsin in general, it is pretty easy to get a voter ID here, but even if you're out of state, that's a huge thing. You don't have to have been live- living here since, like, you were five years old or anything. Um, you can be, like, a first-year student here who's out of state, and you can still vote here. Um, that's what I did, actually, in 2020. Um So we do like to make sure we tell people that. And then also Badger Vote, that's a huge thing. We're not affiliated with them, but um, because of them, though, we do know that they do a great job of letting people know how to to vote, how to register, where to vote, all of that stuff. Um, And also we're super open. If anyone has questions for us, they can always, like, contact the board and we'll get them to where they need to go to to be able to vote. But I think most of our members um, are already registered um, because most of our members are already politically active and do make sure they have what it takes to vote already. But if they have any questions, like we're always super open to helping them out. What about for college students? Yeah, for sure. So definitely our biggest push is getting people out to vote. So college students in Wisconsin make up 5% of the entire electorate. And in on the UW-Madison campus, we turned out at 72%. And in the last midterm election, it was around 50 so there is a gap of 20-ish percent of people who can change our elections that are won by the smallest margins within a single percentage point. So really, you know, trying to emphasize, you know, making a plan to vote and, you know, making sure you have your voter ID, that you can get a voter ID at all of the polling places. They'll print it out for you um, and you can register to vote at the polls. Um, but really making sure that people have a plan and we've been doing that through all of our door knocking efforts, you know, out high traffic canvassing, 
Um, and we have a really great dorm program. So we have a lot of freshmen and maybe sophomores who are living in the dorms who are, you know, mobilizing their whole dorm to vote. So making sure they're heading to the polls and are aware of the candidates that are running. So that's been really effective, especially for getting freshmen who maybe just moved here um, to understand the Wisconsin election process because it's not as easy as it is in other states. And but you can vote in Wisconsin and really trying to push people to vote in a state that's so close. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, when we were talking to Professor Burden, he mentioned how last cycle the uh, governor race here came down to one percentage point. Obviously, being 5% of that demographic, that can have a huge influence on the end point of an election. Going off of that, why do you think that students are a particularly important voting demographic? And how do you see students being impacted by current policy issues and elections? Yeah, so I think that students are very important because we are sort of a younger voice for certain issues that are very important. So there's a lot of issues that I feel like sometimes people might think, you know, older folks have certain views on, but that doesn't necessarily mean that younger folks don't um, have those views as well. Um, something could be like abortion. Um, it seems to be kind of the narrative that that's a huge issue that's like only older folks might be, they might have their issues with, but a lot of younger folks actually um, as well have a lot of issues with abortion. Um, just a couple weeks ago, we had like a pro-life uh, rally outside the Capitol building, I believe, and that had a ton of younger folks there. Um, so that's a huge issue that affects um, everyone across all ages. And um, I think that younger people have, they have a lot of say in policies and things that need to be changed. So, so I think that's why um, they're a huge influence in voting. Yeah, so Wisconsin elections are won and lost within single percentage points. And because the student students across the state of Wisconsin make up such a large portion of that, like we will be the tipping point. And I think that's a, you know, something we've been really trying to make sure we're letting people know, like they have the ability to make a difference and to, you know, really impact the elections here in Wisconsin. And that it's really important because we're the party that is, you know, working to, you know, increase access to abortion care, to, you know, provide student loan debt relief and to raise the minimum wage and to, you know, address the climate crisis. So we're the party with the issues that young people care about that are facing all of us today. And that really resonates with people and motivates them to get to the polls. So in a little bit, we'll talk more specifically about each individual candidate running statewide, but more broadly, what are the things, the traits, what do you think is needed right now for elected officials to properly handle the challenges that we all face? I think a big one, especially for the Republican Party, is transparency and honesty. Um, I know a lot of us have been fed up with uh, certain politicians who kind of just say things but never actually do anything, especially this this past midterm, or not midterm, uh, primary election, um, Tim Michaels kind of beat out all the other candidates and that was very surprising. And I think part of that was because he's sort of a businessman, he's an everyday common man. And a lot of people, um, especially around, or, or a lot of people around Wisconsin resonated with that fact, the fact that he is sort of a businessman and he kind of just reflects the values of 
of most people in everyday Wisconsin. And um, the fact that he is very transparent about his beliefs, he's very transparent about his views and what he plans to do when he takes office, that's a huge thing for us. And I think that's probably the biggest um, trait that we look for in a politician. Yeah, so our candidates have all made their way to campus. And I think the most important thing is that they're listening to us. And they're listening to us and then putting the things that we want to see into actual policy. And that has really been very important. So Governor Evers is a former Badger um, and has been on campus a couple of times now. He actually grew up 20 minutes from where I'm from in rural Wisconsin. And he's a true Wisconsinite with an education background and has really fought for all of us. Right now, Wisconsin senior Senator Ron Johnson is running a re-election bid against Mandel Barnes. So could you each uh, discuss why or why not Ron Johnson is a good senator and why or why not he should be reelected? Yeah, so for Ron Johnson, <clears throat> like you said, he is an incumbent. So he has been in office for quite a number of years now. I think he knows what he's doing. He's been helping Wisconsin get on the right track. Um, he's definitely like been against a lot of spending policies that have come kind of come out of D.C. by, you know, the current administration. He's somebody who, you know, backs the blue and is very against um, certain things like like abortion, obviously, but also like crime, inflation, all of that. Um, so that's why I think he's a pretty good candidate and why I think people should vote for him. Yeah. What about from um, your perspective as part of College Jones? So Ron Johnson has been in office for 12 years now and has run you know, on the fact that he's only running for two terms and going to be in office for two terms. And the people of Wisconsin are fed up with him. He has a very low approval ratings and students are motivated to defeat Ron Johnson. He spent, you know, his time in office complaining about COVID and conspiracy theories about COVID. He, you know, sent fake electors um, and has attacked our democracy. Um, he's opposed student debt relief that would help young people, you know, start their lives after college without having to worry about debt. And, you know, I could tell like a, a little bit of a personal story. So the first time I met Ron Johnson, he came to my high school. I was a freshman and someone asked a question about climate change. And I remember watching his little intern in our, you know, high school theater run down with this big binder full of um, data on why climate change isn't real. And I remember, this was years ago now, but this is not someone who should represent me or anybody my age because he does not understand the issues that we care about. So, you know, I think that has shown a lot in what he's done in office and why students are motivated to defeat him this November. Yeah, let's talk about Mandela next. Mandela Barnes is Ron Johnson's opponent in this election. Um, let's start with you again, Bernadette, and let's go over your pitch for why or why not Mandela Barnes should or should not be elected. Um, with Mandela Barnes, um, one, I know he he supports a lot of radical policies and a lot of like extreme politicians like AOC and um, people like that, like. Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, people like that who are very extreme and very polarizing as well. Uh, he supports a lot of policies from them. He backs them a lot. And then he's also 
very into um, supporting criminals, which is a huge thing for Wisconsinites. He supports policies to let criminals back on the street, um, to like not have them be in jail as long. And it's, it's kind of just a thing where a lot of Wisconsinites are very fed up with the fact that there's so much crime. Crime has spiked, like, I think it was 65% or something like that since 2020. It's um, insane. A lot of people are really frustrated with that, and he just doesn't really seem like he could take control um, and do a good job in the Senate. I don't, he's never been in a position of power like that, so I just don't think he'd be a good candidate um, for the people of Wisconsin who really supports the people of Wisconsin's views and values. Mandela Barnes is our current lieutenant governor and has worked tirelessly on climate change issues while in office um, as a partner to Governor Evers. And I think that young people are just really excited because he's a millennial. He will be one of, he will be the second millennial in the U.S. Senate when he's elected. And he is championing the, you know, issues that we care about. He wants to codify Roe v. Wade, pass more student debt relief. He wants to end the filibuster to pass critical federal voting rights legislation that would, you know, increase our access to vote and wants to invest in the climate. So, you know, he's from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and is going to work for all of us here in Wisconsin. So let's turn to look at the uh, governor race as well. So currently we're looking at a race between current incumbent uh, Tony Evers and uh, Tim Michaels on the Republican side. So let's once again look at the incumbent first. Let's uh, take a look at Governor Tony Evers and what is your pitch for or against the governor right now? So Tony Evers, he just hasn't done anything for the people of Wisconsin. He tried to pass like a huge spending bill on gas, on a bunch of things that, you know, we're already experiencing inflation and him wanting to raise our taxes even more. That was a huge thing. And thanks to people um, like John Macko or Representative John Macko, who's on the Ways and Means Committee, Representative Voss, like they kind of put a lid on that and they prevented that from happening. But things like that, his spending policies and just all the things he did, especially with COVID, that was a huge thing that people in Wisconsin really hated. Um, a lot of his COVID policies, his spending policies, um, those are just things that people haven't been on board with. And I think a lot of people want to see change in governorship, um, which is why I think a lot of people are going to vote for Michaels uh, this November. Yeah, so Governor Evers is, as we like to call him, the education governor and has been able to fund education and has really been an advocate for that. Um, he has been a you know, stronghold in government to make sure that all, a lot of these bills don't get passed. You know, he's vetoed a lot of you know, very radical bills that you know, the Republican majority um, assembly has passed and you know, really appreciated the work that he's done with that. Yeah, so he's the education governor, has done great work here for the state of Wisconsin um, in protecting our democracy and, you know, protecting our right to vote. And the biggest thing has been the vetoes. You know, he's been able to stop a lot of legislation that would have been really harmful for Wisconsinites. As our, as our final part of this segment, let's talk about Tim Michaels briefly. Um, and same idea, let's start with you, Bernadette. Yeah, so Tim Michaels, um, going back to what I said earlier, he is 
just not a career politician. He's a businessman. He's an everyday working man. And a lot of people in Wisconsin resonate with that. Um, the fact that he does care a lot about the issues um, that everyday middle-class families are facing. Um, he is a Wisconsinite or a native to Wisconsin. Uh, he was born, raised here. His family or his three sons went to school here. His wife and kids and everything, they all live here. Um, so obviously he cares a lot about this state. So a huge issue for him is um, back in the blue. That's a huge issue for a lot of people in Wisconsin is um, a lot of people are really fed up with the whole defund the police movement. Um, a lot of us don't like the fact that crime has been spiking. Um, we want to see more police intervention. We want to see more um, criminals that are being locked up and taking criminals off the street. That's a huge thing. And uh, Michaels has plans, like a back the blue plan that he wants to implement if he gets into office. Another thing is like small businesses. That's a huge thing for him. His own corporate or Michaels Corporation, his own business, um, which is a construction firm. He worked really hard to build that up. And I know he wants to help small businesses around Wisconsin, which is a huge thing. That's a really big thing for not just like people of one party, but I feel like everyone sort of wants to support small businesses. It's like a huge um, backbone of our economy. So that's a huge issue for him as well. Um, abortion, obviously we talked about that. That's also another big issue on the ballot. And I think for Tim Michaels, there's a lot of misinformation probably going around about certain things um, that he views on abortion. No matter what, Tim Michaels is a Christian and he believes in um, you know, the right to life and that's the right to life for all humans, whether or not you are you know, a fully grown adult or you're still in the womb, it doesn't matter. Like The right to life is very sacred to him and that's actually a very big issue for a lot of people in Wisconsin. So that's a huge thing that he also will put forth policies on if he gets into office. Yeah, so I think the biggest difference between Governor Evers and his opponent, Tim Michaels, is one is from Wisconsin, Governor Evers, and one is from Connecticut. I mean, you know, Tim Michaels still has a $17 million home in Connecticut and has now decided that he can buy his way through this election here in Wisconsin. You know, he has you know, refuse to comment on whether he will accept the election, whether that's the 2020 election or the upcoming election. He agrees with the 1849 ban that sits on the books of Wisconsin's law, which means, you know, there's no, you know, exceptions for rape or incest or the life of the mother. And he thinks that's a mirror image of what he believes. And while Governor Evers, the education governor, is working to support education, he has said that it is the definition of insanity to fund education and wants to break up the Milwaukee Public School District. We, we don't need a part-time Wisconsinite coming into our state and pretending like he knows what's best for Wisconsin. So let's talk a little bit again about the college demographic in general. Clearly, um, college students are a very important part of the voting process. However, it's most students first time voting when they get into college. So what kind of information are you pushing or emphasizing to students so they can exercise their right to vote, specifically uh, out of state students, those without driver's licenses, etc. People who might have some difficulties figuring out how to go about that process. Yeah, so a huge thing for us is social media. 
a lot of people on this campus have social media, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. So we utilize our social media a lot. Our communications team, uh, it's three of us on our comms team, and the three of us work really hard to make sure that information is being is getting out there. Um, we put out things uh, like early voting registration, like just how to register in general. And again, if anyone has questions, they can always come up to us. Um, a huge thing that we see is like, the university itself just pushing um, how to register to vote, whether it's like through Badger Vote, whether it's just through people who are tabling. Um, that's a huge thing as well. It's not affiliated with us, but we do support it and we always, you know, want our members to, to be able to register to vote. And another thing is that we know that if you don't have like a license, there's always going to Union South and getting um, one of the voter ID compliance cards, um, or you can print that out. And that's a huge thing that a lot of our members, I think, take advantage of. I know I actually took advantage of that. I'm not from Wisconsin originally. So I took advantage of that when I was a freshman and I had been doing that. And I think a big thing that uh, a lot of people don't know about is that whenever you move, even if it's like a block over to another apartment, you do have to re-register and you have to change your address. I think that's something that people are confused on. I definitely was confused on that when I moved apartments. So um, I think maybe getting that out more and telling people, hey, you know, if you do move, which a lot of people have probably this past from like the summer when they first voted in the primaries till now, a lot of people have moved to different apartments. I think getting that out and letting people know early, hey, you should, if you haven't done that already, make sure you've, you've changed your registration to your new address. So, you know, um, when you get to the polling place, it's not a big discrepancy and they can easily just verify that. So I think that's something that we'll probably push a little bit more going forward, um, just to let people know so they're not in a difficult position when it comes time to actually vote on voting day. The biggest thing that we push is just asking people, do you have a plan to vote? And then kind of walking through that plan with them and along that asking like, okay, do you have the voter ID? Um, do you have you know your lease to prove your residence and stuff like that? Because it can be really tricky and there's a lot of first-time voters on campus. Um, and we'll always push, you know, Badgers vote. They do great work on campus, really appreciative of all of that. But also, Wisdoms has a voter protection hotline, so we can always have people call that if they have more specific, like, legal voting questions or if they run into any barriers to vote. We do a lot also, like, in the dorms, specifically, you know, working with freshmen who are even more likely to be first-time voters or from out of state and registering here in Wisconsin. But yeah, just running through that plan to vote is really helpful and, you know, gives people kind of an idea of what they're what they're walking into come election day or if they want to send in the absentee ballots or vote early. So imagine you're talking to a swing voter. How would you convince a swing voter to vote Republican or Democrat respectively uh, in this incoming election? Um, I think the biggest issue, honestly, would probably be inflation, the economic crisis, because we are kind of in the middle of a recession right now. I think that that's something that also affects both parties, like no matter what party you're affiliated with, whether you're Republican, Democrat, you're still being affected by it. And that's something that is really hard, especially for like middle income families. Everything is going up, the price of gas, the price of groceries, and then we I talked a little bit about how um, a lot of college students especially, we've been faced with the impact of inflation with the housing crisis. So that was like a huge thing. So I think that would probably be the biggest issue. 
um, that I would kind of hit on if I were talking to a swing voter. I would make sure to tell them, hey, who to vote for, just remember, <laughs> everything is going up. If you want prices to go down, um, vote Republican. Yeah, so I think the first thing that if someone is not sure, I really just want to listen to what their biggest issue is. And then, you know, from there, be able to talk about, you know, what the candidates are doing or what the current administration is doing to, you know, help out on that issue. You know, we're the party that is supporting, you know, a woman's right to choose, you know, letting yourself do make your own decisions about your own body and has passed the Inflation Reduction Act, which has been the largest form of climate change policy that's been enacted in our lifetimes and just kind of going from you know what their most important issue is and talking about what our candidates are doing to support them and you know really just listen. If we're looking ahead beyond November 8th, I'd love to hear a little bit more about what your respective organization's plans are for post-election season. What is what is coming up next after November 8th? In addition to a lot of our speaker events that we do, we also like to host fun social events just to get members to meet each other and become friends. Um, hopefully, you know, once the election settles down and everything, um, we can get more speaker events. So if Ron Johnson or Tim Michaels does get elected, um, we would love to have them come and speak um, as newly, well, I guess Ron Johnson would be reelected, but if Tim Michaels is a newly elected governor, we would love to come hear him speak on sort of the issues that he plans to implement once he's already in office heading into spring semester. Um, we've done in the past a debate with the college Democrats, so we would love to do that again with them if they're open to that. Um, a couple other fun outdoorsy social events, but then always just, even though 2023 is technically an off year, um, we still make sure to tell people, hey, just because it's an off year, 2024 is gonna be heading uh, in our direction really soon. So just always making sure that we are still getting out the, the information that we need to let people know, hey, you still need to vote once 2024 comes around. And um, these issues aren't just going to go away once we have a new person in office. They're always going to be there. And we just need to remind people that um, it's, it's an ongoing process. Yeah. So outside of elections, we also have a lot of social events. Still have a lot of elected officials come in and speak. And, you know, it's not over after the midterm election. We have a really important Supreme Court race here in Wisconsin that is really going to change the landscape of Wisconsin. So really getting students involved in a spring election is really important, as well as our mayor is up for re-election. So as much as it's, you know, maybe dying down a little bit, like there is always work to do. We're excited to, to keep pushing through the end of the year. If you could have one person endorse your group's messages or speak at one of your events, who might it be? Yeah, so I think ours would be President Barack Obama. He's coming to Milwaukee this upcoming weekend, and we have a couple of people from our you know organization going to see him, but you know, of course we'd love to see him in Madison too. He won Wisconsin by 17 points when he was running here, so you know, and he's endorsed Governor Evers and Mandela Barnes. So, you know, of course, we'd love to see him in Madison. I think probably for us, it would be Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. Um, we know a lot of our members really love him. He's done a great job in Florida um, with a lot of the things he's done for public schools um, in terms of like passing certain bills that 
don't allow public schools to get away with teaching certain things to children and going around uh, parents' backs. Um, that's a huge thing that a lot of people care about, especially now in the um, midterm election. That's also something that Tim Michaels is pushing for um, in public schools. And that's also a huge issue that a lot of people uh, care about. Um, so he's done a great job in Florida. A lot of our members really love him. So I think if he came to Wisconsin and endorsed Michaels or Johnson, um, I think that would get a lot of people to vote for them. What makes you both as politically active engaged students on college campus? What makes you both excited to work in politics and what makes you personally just want to travel down this path? Yeah, so I wasn't too politically active or involved um, back in high school. To, for me, it was actually the 2020 election, just seeing everything that was happening. Um, it just made me want to get more involved and I sort of just joined College Republicans out of the blue my freshman year. And it was a great experience. I met a lot of really awesome people. And then um, I met my two awesome roommates last year through College Republicans. Just knowing that you're going out and you're telling people, you know, hey, these are very important issues and these are things that actually do affect um, your life. Uh, I think that's what kind of motivates me to want to keep being part of this organization and being part of this club. I've been on the board for it for three years now. I probably will still be on the board for it this year. So I think that's kind of what motivates me, just knowing that you're kind of, you are making a difference and you are changing people's minds and you're letting them know that even if they're, they might feel like they have certain beliefs and values that no one else might seem, especially, you know, this campus is very liberal. Um, and there's a lot of people we've talked to who always feel they're the only ones who hold a different belief. That's not true. And, um, kind of letting them know that that's not true and there is a huge community um, within college Republicans who do hold the same values. That's a huge thing that I love seeing people with the same values kind of grow together and be a part of a great community. So I think that's probably what motivates me the most. Yeah, so I got involved during and or after the 2016 election. I was really excited because I thought we were going to be electing the first woman president and that didn't end up happening and Wisconsin turned red and that's when I knew I had to get, get involved. I'm from rural Wisconsin and as soon as I could drive to my county party, you know, I started knocking on doors and making sure that other people had a plan to vote because I could not vote at the time. And I saw the impact I was able to make on my own community and, you know, the stories I heard from people and wanted to be able to do the same thing when I got to campus here at UW-Madison and, you know, be able to make an impact and turn people out to the polls, um, you know, just has, has been a great opportunity and we have a great community on campus. Um, Another just trying to end this on an optimistic note because some of these podcasts we talk about the possibility of war in Taiwan or like climate change <laughs> and things like that. So to end this on an optimistic note, what for you guys going forward makes you excited to be involved in political process like what makes you think that someday even though we have challenges right now with inflation and things like that what makes you more confident that things will be better in the future um for me i think that um just seeing that a lot of people aren't complying with certain things especially a lot of very radical agendas that are being passed um a lot of people are kind of waking up and seeing wait this isn't right um, just knowing that 
and seeing that happening. Um, and this isn't anything against like certain things that the Democratic Party holds. Um, a lot of it's like very radical beliefs um, that I know like not every Democrat holds. Um, there are a lot of more moderate Democrats who don't hold those beliefs, but and it's people like them um, who are kind of waking up and seeing all of these very, very radical agendas being pushed. Um, I think that's something that makes me a little bit optimistic that, okay, this isn't something that a majority of uh, U.S. citizens feel. Um, it's a very like small minority. It actually makes me a little bit more optimistic for the future. I think just young people being involved in politics and I look at our campus and see, you know, our alder is a university student, you know, more young people are getting elected into politics. And I think that's just really exciting to see that more young people are feeling that they have a place and are able to have a voice in politics. Thank you both so much for being here. We really appreciate you both being here. For more information on 1050 Bascom, visit polisci.wisc.edu and search for 1050 Bascom. The podcast is edited by Claire Salmi, Fiona Hatch, and Cole Wozniak, and is produced by Amy Gangle. Thanks for listening.